Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, June 3rd installment, June 3rd installment, let's try third instead of third, installment of the Silicon Insider, the only uncensored look in life and business in the Valley. My name is Mike Malone, and I'm here with special contributor Scott Budman, technology reporter for NBC Bay Area. Our producer is Jordan Henderson. Our East Coast correspondent is Bob Grove. And our host, as always, is the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Okay, Scott, big news of the week. Cheryl Stanberg. Wow. Yeah, you know, this was a surprise. And yet at the same time, we could have seen it coming in years past. I think if you look back at 2015, people were talking about Senator Sandberg or Vice President Sandberg. Um, And then 2016 happened and Cambridge Analytica and Facebook's reputation really went south. She was awkwardly put forward to try to you know, explain what Facebook was doing and almost come up with excuses that didn't go well. And all of a sudden, people started saying, well, maybe she won't go into politics. Um, And then she stuck around for a long time. And as we know, Facebook's market value during that time certainly hit new highs, but its reputation hit new lows. And a lot of that was fairly or unfairly fairly put on her shoulders. Yeah, she kind of went from Joan of Arc to Lady Macbeth in a very short period of time, even for Silicon Valley, you know, clocks. So I find it interesting how what people say when they leave and what's said about them. And her basically said, you know, well, for one thing, I'm getting married. I have been here. I was going to stay for five years. And instead, I stayed for, what, 13, 14. 13. Well, and then, but then the Wall Street Journal came out this morning and, you know, boy, they have got Facebook's number. I mean, in terms of investigative reporting, they must have incredible sources inside that company because they did it again. Uh, And they're basically saying she's burned out. She really feels like the shift at Facebook to meta took a turn that she doesn't want to take because it's a basically a non-advertising based platform and she's the advertising lady she's the one who built all that which is still 90 almost 100 percent of facebook's revenues so she may see look at this and go you're not going to literally change the business model so that far and spend billions of dollars without some really serious hard times and yeah, you I know think- Yeah, she sees the writing on the wall. Right. And I think, um, you know, what the Wall Street Journal did, let's not forget the book by uh, the New York Times uh, authors, Cecilia Kang and Shira Frankel. They went inside and talked about some of the division between various factions at Facebook, even between Zuckerberg and Sandberg herself. And you look at those and then put that against the backdrop of Mark Zuckerberg's plan to take the company and go into this whole metaverse. And- Sheryl Sandberg never gets mentioned as one of the leaders of this metaverse, whatever it will, whatever it may be. By the sounds of it, she wasn't even in a lot of the meetings. Right. And I think that's where the sort of ultimate division happened was Facebook saying or Meta saying, we're going to go in this different direction with or without you. And while we appreciate the fact that you turned us us into an economic powerhouse, which she did, Um, As she had, you know, she had done the same at Google. She really helped them boost the advertising revenue. Then she did it at Facebook, which was much smaller when she joined. Um, But the metaverse, I think she probably looks at it the way a lot of us look at it. Like we don't really understand it. 
it's going to be another privacy nightmare. And who knows how you're going to sell ads in there. Um, and uh, this is probably the excuse that she's been looking for to step away. Yeah, well, I think that's true. And the journal even pointed out that, and th this tells us something about Zuckerberg, because he always looks like he's not stressed out by any of this, you know, congressional testimony being, you know, named and all this stuff. And yet, Cambridge Analytica, he turned to her and said, I blame you for this. This is your fault, this bad publicity. And that must have stunned her because yeah, she and always, she's always been the grown up in the room. Right. And it's generally assumed no matter how much Zuckerberg goes off the rails, she's going to bring the company back. You know, she was, she, at, at least in 2016, she was the embodiment of this smart, intelligent, you know, dynamic woman basically saving the male CEO from himself. And that seems to be completely upside down now. And I think maybe she realized that there's no, she can't go back. I think you're right, at least part way, because remember, we long thought that Sandberg would have made a better face of the company than Zuckerberg. He just wasn't a good front man, let's face it. And she always- Her testimony, she always looked good. Right. And she was better with the press, better with uh, either controversy or good times. She was Cheryl Sandberg, everybody. That's why they talked about her for political office, because right. she's just so good at speaking and being up in front, whereas Zuckerberg always struggled with that. Then you're right in the Cambridge Analytica when the election happened, even the insurrection of 2016, uh, excuse me, um, January 6th. Uh, yeah he was determined to make her out front trying to explain it. That came across as very awkward. And so Facebook did it all wrong when it came to who they had in front. And so Sandberg ultimately, instead of spending years being the front person that looked good and drove the Facebook message, instead sort of had to swallow her pride and all of a sudden become the excuse maker. And that was going to be difficult for anybody and and she didn't do it well i don't know that anyone could have and and perhaps that sunk her well and, and on top of that she's the feminist heroine and all of a sudden she's getting made essentially the bad guy the scapegoat exactly that's got to be hard for her I mean, that's a long fall so what does she do now what's her first of all what's her legacy i mean she her legacy i think is pretty good uh i think if she stuck around a little longer she probably would have caught a lot of arrows uh, and right now it's sort of like Zuckerberg drove her out. She's still, she's still kind of a heroine and she built that company. It's, I mean, it's pretty obvious to everybody that Mark could not have done this by himself, that she was, she was the true, the ultimate COO, you know, making the machinery work, you know, building revenues, keeping the morale together. All of those things was, were, were hers. I agree. And um, I think her legacy will be as a company builder, as a company leader. Uh, you know, years back when people said, oh, did you expect her to be Senator Sandberg? I said, if Facebook was really smart years ago, they would have made her CEO Sandberg. Yeah, It might have been a different world if that happened, but it didn't. And that tells you a lot about uh, women in Silicon Valley. They can literally run the company, but for whatever reason, that company isn't ready to give them the top spot. And when she wrote Lean In, she was essentially saying, don't be afraid to jump in there and take that top spot. 
Don't be afraid to speak up in meetings. Don't be afraid to ask for that raise. Don't be afraid to consider yourself just as qualified and powerful, if not more, as the man, or in this case, the 23-year-old dude who's in the top seat. And Sandberg showed that she could run that company. Uh, she could have run Google. I, you know, she took yeah. a lot of arrows. And I, I think- was say, her... It must have cut her to quit to the quick to write Lean In and become the embodiment of- you know, women in business, you know, the one that young girls were looking up to. And then all of a sudden she's out there, you know, making apologies, kind of being the bad guy on the and set. That's right. And that, that will, uh, that will be part of the legacy is yes. ultimately she stuck around at this company so long that she was tarred by the weaponization of social media. I mean, when Marissa Mayer arguably should have taken over at Google, she was passed over. She took over at Yahoo doubled the stock price and was still considered a weak leader. What does a woman have to do to be considered a top leader? Uh, Sheryl Sandberg asked that question, proved that she could run a company. And I don't think her legacy is going to adequately show uh, that she could have, and maybe even should have run Facebook. Uh, yeah. Again, it would have been a different world if she had, um, and that's fan fiction for later. What she does now I think she does run something. She's hinted at philanthropy. I wouldn't be surprised if she had her own venture capital fund, you well, know, and, and got, maybe with some lean, time. You got the Lean In Foundation, right? I mean, that's right. supposedly that's going to take her time. I don't believe that for a minute. I see that from all of these guys over the years. Oh, I, I have a foundation now. I'm going, to, I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing good works and giving away money. No, they're, they get bored. They, they end up sitting at a board meeting of their foundations, falling asleep. Uh, right. I mean, but she, she could run that. She already is running that. It depends how badly she wants to step away from Silicon Valley and the rat race, which would be understandable. Well, uh, and then, kids and everything else, you know? Yeah, but any VC fund is going to want her on top. Any, any sure. I mean, company, I, I don't know that she jumps back into a company. She certainly doesn't have to, but she could. Um, but again, she's also carrying the weight of Facebook's reputation and that's a big knock because of what Facebook's reputation has become. Right, right. Uh, yeah, she had walked right before the pandemic. She would still be a hero. You know, her reputation would be unsullied. It'd be, you know, it'd be shining. Well, it's interesting that the, the word on the street is that there are already two major companies that are trying to recruit her as CEO and with a board seat. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised. It would be a good move because any company would would love to have her run it. But um, I just don't know that she's ready for that. I mean, some of what she said and think about the personal ups and downs she's had in the last several years. That's got to be weighing on her as well. I've spoken to her the last interview I did with her. She spoke very happily, even aside of whatever the story was about being engaged, about having a super happy personal life once again after after going through tragedy. And, right. you know, I, I believe that. I, I think that that really, whether you're rich or not, comes into play uh, perhaps even more than whatever your next job is going to be. It certainly should. And I'm happy for her for that. Uh, so if there is a little bit of a delay, she's earned that in building not only Facebook, but even before that in helping to build Google. So don't catch your breath for six months or a year, play with the kids, you know, uh, her, you know, she does have another reputation, which is interesting. It never gets talked about that much, but apparently she was a great boss. 
I've known some people that worked for her at a very high level and they thought she was terrific. They loved working for her. So, I've heard mixed messages. I've heard that, but I've also heard that she was a tough boss. And I think at a certain level, tough. you have to be. Her tough, but, but gracious. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. So, well, let's see. I mean, you know, a lot of these, like I said, a lot of these, uh, these Silicon Valley leaders claim they're going to walk away and, you know, play golf and do whatever. And then a year later, they're back at a CEO job. You know, it's in the blood. They can't stop. I don't think she's any different. So, okay, well, now, <laughs> Elon Musk, we got to do our Elon Musk entry. Uh, and if he, he makes it interesting. So this week, he basically said, come back to the office, you know, and uh, if you don't want to come back to the office, don't come back at all. Uh, that was pretty shocking. It kind of goes against the grain of, oh, you know, we know you've been through tough times the last couple of years and, and stuck at home and you have, you've developed your own lifestyle. So don't hurry back to the office. Just don't quit. We need you. We need, we, we're losing people. Don't quit. Stay at home. That's fine. Elon's like, no. Nah. I mean, 30% of American workers are now working from home. Elon says none of those 30% are coming back to Tesla or SpaceX. Right. I mean, no one's accused Elon Musk of reading the room well, ever. <laughs> uh, and now is a time when the workers have the power. Uh, gas is $7 a gallon here in the Bay Area where we speak. Um, and he's saying you have to come back to work. By the way, at two companies that during the pandemic did really, really well uh, with people working from home. They proved the whole sort of valley myth of can people work at home? Turns out in the tech world, we found out that's a resounding yes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, reading the room, just this morning, as we speak on Friday morning, uh, Elon Musk says, well, I'm, I'm going to have to cut 10% of Tesla staff. We need layoffs because the economy is hurting. As the overall job numbers come in at the very same time saying, well, we're still actually creating jobs. So maybe Tesla needs some cuts and the stock price is down on that. But again, it's him scaring people. Uh, and by the way, he wants to buy Twitter, which not all that long ago said, stay at home as long as you want. We right. don't Everybody go home. Home. Everybody go home. Everybody go home. Yeah. Right. I don't get it. I mean, it just seems like a strange time to be doing this. And what the hell's going on with Twitter? I mean, has he bought it yet? Is a deal going through? Is it not going through? Is it going to the courts? Well, I mean, the, the latest numbers quiet there, right? All of a sudden, you know, Musk has said after flirting with the idea of, of dropping the deal or pausing the deal or whatever, he said that actually he's got even more funding. So the 5420 price, which would be about $44 billion is still in play. Wall Street doesn't seem to believe that, though, uh, which, again, because it's Elon Musk, I think they expect a late delivery, as he's known to do. And so the stock price of Twitter is staying low perhaps artificially higher than it would be without the deal, but it's still nowhere near $54 a share. Uh, and I think that's Wall Street's skepticism about this deal going through, which as I follow this day to day is, is understandable skepticism. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. It's a tough time for Twitter employees. They may face layoffs as a lot of other Silicon Valley companies that are struggling. And it's not like Musk is a white knight saying, we'll save the company and throw all this money at it. It seems to be dot, 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 maybe with everything that he says about it. There must be a, not a smoke filled room, a soy filled room somewhere in San Francisco 
where they are fighting this thing out. The negotiations, I'll be very interested in hearing the post-mortem of the negotiations on this. Obviously, neither one of them have walked away from the table. Correct. Yes, there's been no tip the table over and, and knock the chips everywhere and leave the room. Uh, they're still talking. So that tells me, I don't think they've read I don't think they've reached an impasse. I think it's still serious and in play. I and think I, he still wants it. Um, I yeah, think part of Twitter's employee base probably wishes he would just go away. But on the other hand, their stock price is nowhere near what he's offering to buy it out for. And that's got to come into play because these people have mortgages and kids to put through college, et cetera, et cetera. And 44 billion, you know, $54 is a Mouthwatering share price if you've owned Twitter stock for a number of years now. I mean, you you got to see the employees have got to be going. I like my time here at Twitter, but payday, big payday. You know, I traditionally we, we know which way people go on that one. Right. So yeah, okay. Um, stocks, stocks this week bounce back a little bit. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? I mean, Janet Yellen basically threw in the towel and said, yeah, I didn't know what I was talking about. We're heading into a, into a uh, recession. And then we got a, a major uh, investment bank executive saying, we're heading into a hurricane, you know? And, and, and other ones are going, oh, that doesn't quite cover. This is a force five hurricane. I mean, really? Well, it's, I don't know, I, I tend to discount the, you know, the, the super chicken little sky is falling people. But when Janet Yellen admits she didn't see things coming and she's confused, that's enough to make me think, okay, we are in for something uh, that yeah, she can't Former even... head of the Federal Reserve, now the Secretary of the Treasury. Right. Ooh, I was bamboozled by the numbers, you know. What? Uh, it is hard to see these coming because we had really, really strong times. We had a pandemic that we expected would just end everything economically. It bounced back stronger than we could have imagined. We hit record highs in a lot of companies. Again, tech was very strong. But then we had pandemic-related shortages, and we've got supply chain issues. And by the way, uh, inflation is, is out of control, and it's, it's higher than the, the cost of things are higher than the raises that we're getting during the pandemic. So again, we're sort of behind. You add the war in Ukraine, you've got gas prices that are high, you've got more shortages because the two biggest economies and countries in Europe are going at it. This is a really tough, cloudy time going forward. I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more selling on Wall Street because Wall Street does not like uncertainty. And I can't find anybody uh, not the least Janet Yellen, who's at least admitting it. I can't find anybody that says, oh, I know what's going to happen six months to a year from now. I mean, how could you? I'm surprised there haven't been more early layoffs in the Valley, you know, as a kind of a defensive move. And instead, we're seeing things like Apple buying a giant new campus in Sunnyvale. By the way, is, 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 Google, Apple is Apple committed to Sunnyvale, Cupertino. I mean, it's interesting that they seem to want to stick with the idea of close proximity of buildings. Now we've got, we got um, uh, Facebook. Who else is buying out? Oh, Google, Google. Where is Google going downtown? 
I keep, you and I've been talking about this now for three years. And meanwhile, Google is buying up campuses all over Mountain View. Like they really don't think that San Jose is going to happen. Uh, first of all, why are they still buying? And second of all, is the big plans for San Jose, all that construction, all I see is cranes down there. Is it really going to happen? Are they just going to build all of these new facilities around a vacant lot where Google headquarters was supposed to be? Boy, I don't know. If, if Google doesn't come down there, that's a lot of money spent, both like you say, on the construction side, but also on the housing side. I mean, housing prices in that area have doubled in the last few years. Oh, yeah. Uh, largely because everyone expects Google to come to town. That would be a big blow for San Jose. I, I just think the pandemic changes everything. Now we've got this recession to slow things down. Remember the dot-com bust. And one of the things that stood out to me was how you would see these half-built buildings that oh, yeah. just halted construction because 3Com stopped hiring or Sun Micro stopped hiring. And they would literally, you'd see the rebar coming out of the concrete. It looked yeah. like, you know, something blew off the top of Chernobyl or something. Okay. And those were the there. For where you could literally see through entire blocks of downtown San Jose by yes. looking through the buildings. And those were the ones that were built. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing to see a building that's empty, but it's another thing sort of dystopian to see a half built yeah. building just sort of sitting there. And they sat there for years. years. And I, you know, for one, am glad that the Salesforce tower is already done and that the Apple spaceship is already done because they'd yeah. be eyesores if they just sat there half, you know, half built because we had to pause everything. Yeah. I'm not sure we're going to see their like again for a while. I agree. Um, especially if the backlash to the Elon Musk or, you know, and, and even Apple, we've seen Apple, Google, they all say, hey, you got to come back. We're going to have concerts. We're going to have new food. But the employees are like, you know, what we really want is the ability to take care of our kids or the ability to not have a ugly commute where we have to pay seven bucks a gallon. That's what we really want. Um, yeah, and I'm be able to walk in my backyard, look at the flowers and play with my kids. And right. I don't care about the bread and circuses you're offering to me. Right. And again, the, the companies can't say, yeah. right. And the companies cannot say while you are taking a little break and playing with your kids and helping them with school, our company struggled because the companies did great while right. you were at home taking your, you know, self-care breaks and whatever. It all seemed to work out somehow. There are going yeah. to be Harvard Business School classes taught about how Silicon Valley did really well during the pandemic somehow. Um, and so now to say- Interesting point, which was the factory workers at Tesla plants have to come in. They've they've always had to come in and they look up and their supervisor or their, or their boss's boss shows up once a month and the rest of it's Zoom calls and that it's 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 social strata unfairness, you know, that management gets to stay at home and have fun you know, you, you got to come and, and weld that quarter panel on. Right. Every and those are the heroes day. of the economy. That's why we see Teslas all over the Bay Area. Those yeah. are the heroes. I hope they were compensated better during the pandemic. Who knows? We, we already have lawsuits about the conditions of those very uh, workplaces. But at the same time, Musk had the hubris to say, hey, the auto workers on the line are showing up. You've got to show up, too. So those are the people that are suing him and he's using them as an example of, hey, they had to come to work. It's, it's just a weird time of not really reading the room. And, and again, I, I wonder if there's gonna be more employee backlash, but 
while it's still sort of on the edge of an employee market, if yeah. we get deeper into a recession and there are layoffs, it won't be. And then if you do have a job and are lucky to still have a job, it's going to be hard for you to tell your boss, no, 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 I'm going to work from home. So I, I don't know exactly where that Y or X axis or whatever it is crosses, but that's going to be an interesting time. Yeah, well, you know, they can take the bread and circuses away too. I mean, National Semiconductor was famous during boom times, build a park course in a little park and all these bennies. And the moment the, the book to bill ratio fell in chips, National closed all that stuff down and it went back to working in those big buildings with the yellow sodium lights that gave you seizures and everything else. I mean, it was it was an amazing they could do it overnight. They could flip that switch. And, you know, this this new temple out here on Shoreline that Google's built, you know, that's got it's basically indoors, outdoors, outdoors in a circus tent. I wonder how many of those biddies will survive, you know, if, if hard times come to Google. Right. And again, we're lucky that it got built because who knows what the reputation of this area would be if every time you went to a concert at Shoreline, you saw three quarters of a building there. Um, you know, right now, as we speak, the Warriors are in the NBA finals. And at least we have some nice views to show and say, hey, look at Silicon Valley. Look at the cool tech industry. If it was rebar sticking out of concrete, that wouldn't be so good. You know, back then, when the rebars were sticking out, they were slowly rusting. And, and then when the boom came again, they just built on top of it. And I've always wondered the structural integrity of, of abandoned buildings that got finished after the dot-com bubble burst. That's a legit question. <laughs> I thought of that. Okay. Um, the Supreme Court uh, blocked a controversial Texas social media law, which was essentially could, it pro would prohibit online platforms like Facebook and Twitter from moderating or removing content. And the company's argument was that'll be chaos. You know, it'll be, you know, it'll be bad agents, you know, diving into these uh, social networks and saying terrible things, misinformation and all that. And the Supreme Court basically blocked it. I think it goes back to the, uh, the appellate court now or something, but as an interesting statement by the Supreme Court. That. It was. And, and I was almost surprised because it is a, a right leaning Supreme Court, as we know. And, and, you know, I think what you just talked about got overshadowed by the whole Roe versus Wade deal. Um, and but it's understandably it's a very big issue what's going on. And what it says, ultimately, the Supreme Court, I think, says that, you know, the Twitters and the Facebooks can still continue to, uh, you know, ban people if they if they say controversial things. This was um, a conservative you know, a conservative law or conservative idea put forward saying we're being kicked off more than the liberals and that's unfair. They shouldn't be able to do it. Um, and that's, that would go right to the heart of whether Twitter can say, let's say we don't want racism or sexism or anti-Semitism or anti-LGBT. I mean, it's, it's something that Twitter has held as a, as a card to say, we can ban you if you, you know, violate our standards. On the other hand, Go ahead and keep posting, Mr. Ayatola. Uh, that I think you know that that kind of gets to me because if you want anti-Semitism, read the read the mullahs, you know, and they, and they get a free ride on. I I actually agree with this because I, I, even though I'm a First Amendment absolutist, these are private companies. Unless they, you know, if if the government wants to declare them as a uh, general provider 
you know, like the phone company, a common carrier, then, then you, they can control them out of the First Amendment. But to listen to conservatives complaining that they've been, they've been blocked on Twitter, and then the next thing they announce two weeks later, oh, I'm back on Twitter. It's like, do you, if you really believe what you're saying, why don't you quit Twitter and find an alternative? I mean, vote with your feet. That's a private company. They can do what they want on this stuff. You're right. And I think that's what this comes down to, exactly what you just said. They're a private company. As for going somewhere else, many have tried. Many are on different yeah. sites, whether it's Getter or Gab or even True Social. Uh, and they just don't have the reach of Twitter. And these are people who want the biggest reach possible. You have to be on Twitter. As frustrating as it may be for them, um, you just have to moderate your message if you're trying to reach a big audience. And I, I don't really have an answer for that. I'm not surprised that the Supreme Court did this because like you said, they're private companies, but this is gonna be a battle that we're going to see for a long time. And as long as there are social networks and as long as there are politics and social networks, there are going to be these battles. Okay, and then uh, real quick, uh, tiny robots. <laughs> Boy, doesn't this make you feel even more safe in our in our modern world? <laughs> Northwestern University came out with these little walking robots that looked like crabs. Right. Basically, tiny little integrated circuits with legs. We and, are in an era where pardon? robots can do amazing things. We are in an era where robots can do amazing things while they scare the bejesus out of you, right? We know with Boston Scientific and their sort of headless dogs or the humanoid robots that can do these amazing parkour acts on, you know, and lift things and dance and all that. And now we've got these little crabs. I mean, these are robots that will perhaps take and save lives, uh, but you have to get used to the idea of a, um, a little crab that's smaller than a flea crawling yeah. around inside your, your blood vessels and veins and all that to get at, let's say, a, a tumor. Yeah, I, keep thinking, I keep thinking the wrath of Khan where they put the bug in the ear. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. I started thinking about it last night. I thought, Put a solar cell on top, and now the thing can can generate its own power. And after that, it starts make. What if it starts making its own? All of a sudden, we have a we have an animal. It meets all the criteria for an animal. And what if it gets loose in the wild? Right. I mean, what if we have a robot fleas crawling all around, crawling on our cat, you know, crawling in the yard. Well, that's you know? the thing, right? I mean, people say, oh, AI is going to be dangerous. And many people are like, ah, come on. What's going to be dangerous even if we develop AI? Well, what about these robots? If they are artificially intelligent, you're right. They'll be like animals. They can hunt in packs and we're all doomed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this whole argument, oh, you just pull the plug on them, they, you know. Oh, sure. What is the first thing they gave to these robots? Mobility, right? They're, they're increasingly autonomous. Plus, they have the advantage of, you know, the web. They can, they can actually team up. They exactly. can all talk to each other. They'll have their own social network. Look, I've seen enough sci-fi movies to know you can't just say pull the plug. <laughs> We've tried that. That's yeah. not happening. And you're right. They're, they're exciting because it may someday help save lives. But, you know, you have to get used to the idea of these robots that are you know, they're a little scary looking. Yeah, I, I think th these 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 swords have two very sharp edges. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, I had to bring this up before we go. Uh, real quick, Elizabeth Holmes, your old buddy, Elizabeth Holmes, 
someone who you shared months with <laughs> yes. back in the news. Uh, she's pleaded with the judge to overturn a conviction for, for wire fraud with their attorney saying there's insufficient evidence for any, quote, rational juror, unquote, to proceed with a conviction. Uh, is that as insulting to the jurors as I think it is? It really sounds that way. Yes, this is a jury, by the way, that was approved by those very same lawyers, right? You have to you know, throw people out and keep people on. And these are the people they kept. Um, I, you know, I ask my, my lawyer friends about this and they say, A, it's certainly not uncommon to lose in court and then appeal. That's yeah, pretty course. frequent. It doesn't- We knew you know, that was coming. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, to demean a jury and say there's no way they could have come to this conclusion when- they unanimously came to this conclusion uh, is you're right. It's, it's insulting. I, um, and, and again, I asked my lawyer. In that low, low IQ region, Silicon Valley. Right. And, uh, and, and the lawyers are calling them, well, they didn't call them stupid. They just called them irrational. No, the law says you are granted a jury of your peers. And I realize we're somewhat far away from that in the real world, but these attorneys are essentially saying her peers uh, can't possibly make a decision based on the evidence, even though they heard her on the phone lying to investors and then found her guilty on four counts of lying to investors. So I don't see this going all that far, but it is interesting that even during the Balwani case, which drags on, Elizabeth Holmes has found herself back in the news. Yeah. You know, we, we both agree she's not going to do time. I mean, I don't, I'm, uh, I'm not sure of that. I don't see her doing a lot of time, but yeah, they may or, want to make an example uh, of this case. You never know. Baby, no, there, no, no going even to white collar camp, you know. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll make a bet on this. She, she may have to wear an a, a, a ankle monitor and, and not leave her house by, for more than 500 feet or 900 feet. But I don't think she's going into lockup. That's my gut feeling. We, you and I can bet on this on the side. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, UK is suing Google again. That's two big ones on Google. The, uh, the major antitrust probe, I, it's not going to go anywhere. If, if Google just say, okay, we shut down Google and go in the UK. Then watch for the next, you know, English revolution after 500 years. And finally, happy donut day. That's today? That's today. Go out and get a, go out and get a, you know, <laughs> Thank an old-fashioned or a chocolate one or something else when i think of donuts i think of the donut wheel in cupertino used to go after out there for dates after dates in high school and it has fed three generations of apple employees because it's right <laughs> next door so so you could say that, that that donuts have helped build silicon valley no doubt no doubt so that's it for now, folks. You can find us on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage, as well as on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, and check out our YouTube page. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.